you said something, uh, one of the arcs, like kind of stromastic, something, you said something weird, like, wow, this guy thought he was slow in school. He was actually pretty smart, you know. <laughs> Welcome to the Naughty Lounge. I'm your host, Troy Smith. I'm here with my man, Sammy Ortiz, a.k.a. Uncle Sammy. And I'm not talking about Uncle Sam that you got to pay bills to. I'm just talking about Uncle Sam that you appreciate love. You know, so welcome, Uncle Sammy. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you having me on your show. Definitely, definitely. So as you all know, the Naughty Lounge stands for not overthinking it. And I was, uh, and we're going to change the format just a tad bit. Not really. Not No, let me back up. We're not really changing the format because we're still talking to CEOs and entrepreneurs and about how they're not overthinking their ideas. And Sammy is an entrepreneur and a CEO himself and a founder. But most of all, also, he's a pastor, too. And he's a family man. So I want to get his take while we're on this whole quarantine, COVID-19, a.k.a. whatever you want to fill in the blank with, mm-hmm. stand in the house, mm-hmm. uh, gain a couple pounds or not. I don't know about you, but, man, uh, you know, I already know the face filling up. You can see that right. <laughs> besides that. But, uh, but man, hey, welcome, Sammy. T- Sammy, so tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how we – I mean, I can tell you how we met. We met at the church, and we got to know each other through ministry, stuff like that. I come up to your house. Plenty of times in the past when I was in college at Tennessee State, eat tons of Loretta, red beans and rice, mm. you know. So tell a little bit about yourself, man. Yeah, man. I uh, am uh, originally from Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico! Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Uh, came to the States uh, when I was four years old after my dad got back from Vietnam. Landed in Fort Polk, Louisiana. Uh, I didn't know nothing about no Cajuns and I come mm. from Puerto Rico, but uh, they probably thought you was one of them, huh? Bro, I know, bro I, you know, I, I actually the school I went to kindergarten in Fort Polk or Louisiana, and I was the yeah. whitest. I was the whitest kid in my school, and, I, and what's crazy is that you would think they white, they actually black people. That's what they, they, <laughs> were, they were black, bro. They were yeah, black. yeah. They, they, you know, they 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 were black on a whole nother level, and right? Then, but then also. Those folks, though, that, uh, I know some people that's, that, you know, they actually may look lighter and they actually be black folk themselves. So, oh, you yeah, know, it's yeah, just yeah. interesting down there. Creole oh, something yeah. else. Creole it is, bro. It is. Yeah. But, I, but just to say that I was, a, you know, obviously a, a little uh, chocolate baby coming from Puerto Rico. And <laughs> and if <laughs> I was baby. white, if I was white in that school, you know that them, them fools were. Yeah, there's a blue folk in there. I got you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I am. Uh, I'm an army brat. Uh, I'm an army vet. Uh, I'm a pastor, been pastoring now. We're going on uh, 29 years, and uh, I'm being told not to talk so loud. But uh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> this, this, is, this is the dilemma of being on quarantine when uh-huh, uh-huh. from the house. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'm 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 the founder and CEO of Yes, which stands for Young Entrepreneurial Students, and. Uh, as far as pastoring goes, and these days, I'm 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 leading micro churches, and um, mm. so all of the above, having mm. fun with all of those things that I'm doing, and uh, constantly pivoting and trying to figure out where the Lord is going so I can follow. And that's why I'm glad I put, brought you on here because I, when I texted you the other day and said, "Hey." We got to talk about this, the new direction of the church stuff. And you had two nice articles, which we're going to get to. And the reason, and also what I like about your articles, though, too, Sam, is that they're short and they're concise and they get to the point. You know, last thing you want to do is have a, the first thing I look at when I'm scrolling up and down, I look to the sidebar and see how long the sidebar is or how small it is. Mm -hmm. Let me know how much reading I got to do. Yeah, bro. (laughs) I got, I got ADHD. I can't be reading no thesis. Yeah. So let me ask you about the yes. Then let's go to yes. What made you actually want to go to impacting young entrepreneur, young people in a sense? You know, what was the drive behind that? 
Because well, your kids are grown now, so right? They are. They are. Yeah. I don't have a dog in the fight anymore because my kids are grown. My daughter just graduated with her master's in social work. And wow. my, my son is, you know, doing land surveying. And uh, so, you know, they're both. I just remember when they was young, man. I just remember when they was little. When I just come over there with my cutoff shorts and T-shirt, go right out of college and just eating food up. <laughs> and they was around the table. They were like, what, nine or 10 years old, oh, man. Well, yeah, Kayla was, I think Kayla was 10 or nine. She was either nine or 10. And Josh was four. Right. And, wow. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, they're, they're growing, bro. 26 yeah. and 22. Um, wow. But as far as yes is concerned, um, my wife and I went to this place called Dade City, which is about 20 minutes from where we live. And um, we realized that the the funds, the beautification funds that make it mm-hmm. downtown weren't making it to Lock Street. It looked it looked like, you know, uh, it, it's a rural area. But when you go to a like to compare, you go to an urban area, and you can tell that that urban area isn't getting the same funding as the downtown area is. Right. And uh, so it bothered me. And uh, so I, I, I canvassed the community for a year, asked the community itself, what is it that is your biggest need? And it came about that young people were the most underserved. And, um, you know, on the day that, you know, we, we went to that Kumquat Festival, the festival that led me to Lock Street, mm-hmm. I felt a burden immediately that the Lord wanted me to do something. I just didn't know what. And that's why I canvassed the community to find out from the community what they need, as opposed to coming in like a savior with a savior complex. Hold on, hold on, though. But you said you canvassed the community, bro. You, you you just said that the place looked rough. Yeah, and it looked it looked like you didn't want to walk through it, and you up here walking through it, canvassing the place, talking bro. to people. Yeah, man, bro. you thugging. Bro, bro, yeah, bro. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I, being that the, the predominant population is either Latino, either from Mexico, El Salvador. Guatemala, Honduras, uh, you know, places like that, uh, Central America. And then on the other side, it's African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Bro, I, you know, I, I fit right in, bro. You fit yeah. right in, though, see? I fit right yeah, in. Look I, at you. you know, I live in Bougie Wesley Chapel, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> but now, yeah, Dave City the same as Dave County? No, no, no. Dave County is like okay. down, that's down by Miami. Dave okay. City is North Florida, uh, north, okay. of Tampa, north of Tampa Bay. So uh, it's uh, predominantly, I would say, it's predominantly migrant workers. The community is mm-hmm. consistent of migrant workers and, uh, you know, African-Americans that live, you know, there uh, in times that were rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So you went out there and started making some change and said, man, I want to see some funding happen out here, impact these young people. Because your story, though, uh, even though you may have be, be an Army brat, right? Army brat, you be, that's the branch you was that mm-hmm. part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but education wasn't your easiest thing either, though. You know, you tell me about that GPA, though. Yeah, bro, listen, I got traumatized in kindergarten. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I didn't speak a lick of English when I got here to the States, mainland. And uh, in kindergarten, my teacher gave us an assignment. I didn't understand it because I didn't speak any English. They didn't have no ESOL. They didn't have wow. no English speakers of other languages. Right. No ELL, no English language English language learners. So right. I, she assumed that I was copying. And so she slapped me on the back, yanked me from my arm, and threw me on a sleeping mat. And I remember at uh, five years old in kindergarten, uh, internally, oh, bro, it was, tra- it was traumatic. Uh, I was like, wow. I, better, I better learn English because if not, I'm going to be getting beat for the rest of my Every life. Every day. Did you go home and tell your parents about that? Or? Yeah, I don't know what I did, bro, because, you know, back in those days, you know, uh, there was capital punishment allowed in those schools. 
Oh. And uh, so I don't know what I told them. I, I know I told them that, you know, school was canceled every day because I didn't like going. I said school was canceled. You know what I'm saying? It's like, no, they said we didn't have to come back. You had to go to school. <laughs> so, yeah, right. but because of the fact that most of my teachers were white women, mm. mm-hmm. uh, I did not do well in school. I graduated from high school with a 1.6 GPA. 1.6. So, so you know, the, the you know, it's a miracle that I ever got into college, miracle that I ever got into seminary. And uh, so, you know, it's no telling what would have happened had I not had that traumatic experience and what could have happened to me educationally had mm-hmm. I not experienced that kind of trauma in the education system. To me, education mm-hmm. meant, you know, corporal punishment. Right. But there's a sense of humor in all of this because, you, okay. you know, I got traumatized by a white teacher. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and now I get loving from a white teacher. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's your wife. <laughs> so, so that which that which the devil tried to harm me with, the Lord is using right. to heal. Look at that. Hey, man, go on, preacher. Go on, preacher. Look mm. at you. Mm. Shaka Khan, let me rock that. <laughs> well, man, you're a trip. But I'm just saying, so with that, that dramatization that happened, you, make, you start making one point whatever in school. And now in your articles, what you're going to get to, you use, you know, words I can't even pronounce without having to go through the, the source or something. You said something, uh, one of the articles, like kind of stromastic or something. You said something weird, like, wow, this guy, I thought he was slow in school. He was actually pretty smart. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, I didn't get a low GPA because I was, I was dumb. I got a low yeah, GPA yeah, yeah. because I didn't you trust, go to school no more. I, well, I didn't trust the people that were teaching me. You, you get right, traumatized right. by somebody, you ain't going to be trusting them. Well, yeah. you know, let's stay on that then, right? If So how do you developing the trust with these kids you're working with now because they're actually looking for someone they can they can they can trust sometimes their home their homes may not be uh, the best place for them to be right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but then th- then you're coming along and tell them hey i want to show you a better way you know you're showing people like hey let's use those skill gifts and skills you have mm-hmm. to maybe monetize that possibly right that's right. what well, you're doing with that well you know I, I think if anything i want i want to be the young people who i wanted somebody to be for me uh-huh. And, you know, uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, there are deficits in our lives, uh, not because of where we live, but because sometimes people aren't willing to put themselves in your shoes. And yeah. so I now want to be the person to someone else that I needed somebody to be for me. Right. And so growing up, I didn't, you know, I, I only had three male teachers my whole life and only two of them were men of color. Yeah. And they made a big impact on my life, especially like my sixth, sixth grade teacher was a man of color. I can't remember his name, but my when I got to 10th grade, I had a teacher named Mr. Rashid, Puerto Rican brother that, you know, I was like, wow. I mean, so a, a Puerto Rican brother with the name Rashid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he was he, to, was he Muslim. Yeah, he sure. He <laughs> he Muslim. That's all okay. right, brother, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, that, that's all. That's good. I mean, but, but but I got to see me in somebody. And, you know, we're all attracted to what we see. I don't know, you like you, you and I, I'm sure we walk into a room and we, we, we canvas the room. I want to see where yeah. am I? I want I just want to see where am I so I can do the head nod. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, yeah. That's how you need to do the head nod, little mm-hmm. peace sign or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, okay, yeah. I, I see you. I see you. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing, man. You, you don't even have to know the person. No. You know, even it doesn't matter. It's just that universal you know, acknowledgement, like what was good. Like, oh man, you know how we do, you know. Exactly. Exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. we may, and we may not be living the same life. We may not be living the same, uh, you know, circumstances or in the same situations, but at least we can identify with, yeah. look, that brother's got 
you know, as much or maybe a little bit more melanin than me, but we got more melanin yeah. than everybody else in the room. Right, right. But it was interesting though, dude, I never knew, like I told you this before, that your wife was even white, dog. The whole time I've known you, I thought she was Spanish descent as well. And you're like, nah, man, she white as it can be. And I, I did not know that, man, bro, at all. Listen, listen, bro, you know, she been hanging you know, she been that flavor, with, huh? Bro, look, she been getting that adobo for like, you know, since we were 17 years old. You know what I'm saying? Adobo. <laughs> you a trip. You a trip. But, man, so let's get to the fact why I want you to be on for sure, though, man, is that the direction with the corona and, and all the other stuff that's going on right now, this pandemic. Yeah. I wanted to actually get your take on the, the new direction the church is going to, which is something you've been on for a minute, you know, with the micro church and home, you know, church at your house. I mean, I remember you telling me about this a couple of years back, Bro, what been, direction you were going with. For, we've been doing this for over five years. Right. And, and something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, you know, uh, as a traditional pastor, I wanted to take the church in the direction of being either a home church or a micro church. You know, there's so many names for it these days. I like the word micro church because, uh, Something happens when you can uh, whittle uh, a crowd down to the place where the gospel can be talked about, conversed. Mm -hmm. You know, in a, in, a, in a normal or a traditional setting, uh, most times people, uh, they, they don't have the opportunities to ask questions. They don't have, you know, the, the pastor could be speaking above their head, you know, using all kinds, like you said, using all kinds of terms that folks don't yeah. understand. And right. uh, it doesn't give for the opportunity to learn. Mm. And discipleship is learning. I'm, you know, as a disciple, I'm learning how to follow Jesus, and as a disciple maker, I'm teaching others how to follow Jesus. And if and if we don't give the the room for people to learn, then they're just they're just hearing words. Right, right. And it's possible you you really just like you know back in the day, we're familiar with cell groups and life, mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff and the, the new term life groups. But now it all makes sense now in regards to it's really about. Really, you can really touch someone and actually inspire and impact somebody in a smaller setting than on a, you know, if you go to the larger church, you can't really get to know everybody, right? No. So they said they had those cell groups, like you had in your your article, the uh, the microism, right? Or was it was micro? Is it was a small representation right. of a larger thing, right? You know, right? So that that makes sense now where it's all going to, but man, people are so weird out because you know, especially if you're old school church goer, where it's all about going to church eighteen times a day. You know, for the for, for all Sunday or whatever it may be, but now it's now. I guess now you got to be accountable to people you talk to. I guess right. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, and because it's smaller. Well, yeah, and and I think that you know, because um, I've pastored both, um, and so what happens in a in a in a large setting is that it's almost like um, you go, you you have either a Sunday. Sunday morning mentality or like you, right. know, you live you live in the south so Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night maybe yeah um, yeah and but you know Saturday <laughs> right but yeah. but I don't I don't think it really leans for uh relationships and then ministry is uh basically whittled down to you know a brother in the parking lot somebody doing children's mm -hmm. church somebody handing you a bulletin but I you know I think that you know it it really it really limits to where only the person up on the stage, maybe the 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 song people, the the praise team, you know, only a few people get to do the ministry, and everybody else basically just watches. They're spectators, and that's not that's not ideal. If we're all called to make disciples, as it says in Matthew, you know, chapter twenty eight, eighteen through twenty, then then how is only six people ministering in a service 
leaning for me to go make disciples. And uh, so I think that we need to do something, uh, which is why we are micro. We expect everybody to make disciples. Matter of fact, the expectation at, at Restoration Church is that everybody that comes here is expected to start their own micro church. Mm-hmm. And if they go, we don't want to do that. Well, I'm like, look, there's about 10,000 churches, uh, you know, uh, here in the Tampa Bay area. And I'm being facetious when I say that, but mm-hmm. they're, they're, I'll help you find one. Cause if all you want to do is go sit and just pay your money and, you know, this be like, you know, some country club, then I'll help you find one. Yeah. I think what if the people are just afraid of the term church when it's basically just a Bible study, that's well, basically what you end up doing. Like you having a Bible study in your off in your house or wherever. Yeah. And it's well, not really it's just term church. People get afraid. Like, I don't want to start my own church. Well, just it's not a church. It's a Bible study. Well, for us, we we actually we we identify as a church because for okay. us, church is made up of three irreducible, irreducible minimums for us. One is worship. Do we worship mm-hmm. Jesus? And the worship is not singing songs. Uh-huh. Worship is, you know, are we giving Jesus the worth that he has deserved? And do we worship him because of his worth? Mm-hmm. And we worship in the word, we worship in prayer, we worship in gathering together, we worship in how we hold each other accountable, we worship in surrendering and submitting our lives to Jesus, uh, you know, and that's that's something that happens in the context of community, so worship, community, and, you know, we have to be in community because none of us grows by ourselves. There's just no way that we can grow in our, in our maturity, maturity or our walk with the Lord if we don't have other people helping us mature. It's just impossible. Mm-hmm. Like you got kids, right. your kids, yeah. you, they, you, your wife didn't have babies and be like, all right, guys, I, I done birthed you and here's the hospital. And I hope y'all make it for the rest of your lives. And all yeah. <laughs> I hope y'all make it. Yeah. So that, you know, so we will church when it's broken down is a community that worships together and then is on mission together. And okay. we say mission, like, yes, for us is a mission. We are making mm-hmm. Jesus known through the context of entrepreneurship. But entrepreneurship falls behind us making Jesus known. Mm-hmm, so for mm-hmm. us, if a church has those three uh, elements, worship, community, and mission, it's a church. When it has only two of those, it's not a church. When it only has one of those, it's not a church. It has to have all three for it to be classified a church as far as we are concerned. And so it's not a Bible study because anybody can do a Bible study. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you put the element of community and worship and mission together, that for us says, okay, we are a church of Jesus Christ, not of Latter-day Saints, but of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ that mm-hmm. is on mission as we serve in community together. Got it. Got it. So let's let, let's lead into that article about micro is the new macro, right? Mm-hmm. And you talking about how you just basically keeping it simple. Bro, we can and you talk about Vince Lombardi talking about some this is a football. Yeah, brother. You said you just wish you was in the room to see how their face look, because I could think about it too. Imagine what their faces look like. Like, this dude with grown men, we know what the heck a football is. But, but know, sometimes it's time to go back to the basics, right? It, it, it is the basics. You know, I, I think a lot of people are always tired. I hear these things, and for me, it's a pet peeve of, you know, man, I want to go deep. You want to go deep into what? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is the simplicity of the gospel. First Corinthians yeah. 15. Jesus died, he was buried, and he was raised again. That's the gospel. Mm-hmm. What deeper yeah, you need? You yeah. don't need no snorkel gear. You don't need no scuba gear. <laughs> That's about as deep. You can't get any deeper than that because if Jesus right. died, we'd still be in our sins. If he wasn't raised, yeah. then what hope do we have if he didn't die and he wasn't raised? 
Uh-huh. So when people say, man, I want to go deeper, though, man. This ain't, I ain't getting fed enough, bro. I need some more deepness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's he like, dude, what we... Jesus died, right? <laughs> Jesus, right. Lord and Savior, right? I mean, that's it. And the people that are like, I'm not getting fed. Look, feed yourself. Uh, see, that's what I think was going on right now. You know, people, you got to actually now literally make your own plate. Yeah. You know, like you're talking about intimidate, right? It's about, hey, you're supposed to be eating some meat right now. You're still drinking milk. Right. Come on. Now, look, man, ain't nothing wrong with no milk to wash yeah, down. Ain't nothing wrong with <laughs> Yeah. But most people don't even know how to get milk. And it's, yeah, you know, yeah. And I think that we have complicated things so much. You know, we have mm. to have all these things. And, uh, you know, church, on, on March 15th, something happened where every church, in my opinion, became a micro church. Although I mm. do see some brothers getting on there and now trying to be the the the, the grand poobahs of, uh, yeah. you know, of, yeah. uh, of, of online church. Which right, right, right. Now, now they, instead of counting how many people are in, it's how many people are online watching you. Right, it's, right, right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, anybody can watch. Anybody mm-hmm. can watch. But it's not about who watches. And that's the thing. We got so many spectators, but not a lot of active participants going out and, and preaching the gospel, living the gospel so that other people can go, man, you know what? This 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 brother is different. This sister's different. Yeah, for me, you know, the Bible says that we should live lives that are questionable. In other words, people should should come to us and go, Man, there's something about you that's so different. What is what is it that you put your hope in? And if right. that, when they ask us, we can say, "Look, I put my hope in Jesus." But if we don't live, and I'm doing quotation marks, mm-hmm. questionable lives, and we living like everybody else, they're never going to come and ask us, you know, what is our hope? And that's what we should be waiting for. But we need to be living lives to make people go, "Man, this brother lives or this sister lives by something completely different than I do. And holiness, mm-hmm. the difference is holiness. You know, we've been set apart by the Lord. Now, when I say holiness, I'm not talking about wearing a bun and no makeup. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> holiness that separates you because God is holy and he separated you unto himself. And now he has made you holy because of what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what makes the difference. Not fog machines. You see, we done some, we done we done uh, remove uh, the 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 glory for fog machines. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Razzle dazzle people with concerts and light shows. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The, the the brother with the tightest skinny jeans is the only one that can <laughs> preach the message. Yeah, and, and I mean, <laughs> we've made this thing a mockery. I think that if, uh-huh. Jesus, if Jesus walked into some churches today, that brother would be flipping tables over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what, but then what now? Don't get me. Don't get going. you going. <laughs> but so you know what's interesting that uh, you said that, you know, it's all about how you say it, right? So you know how you said that people should be living questionable lives. You know, that's more of a you gave that if you could have seen your face, that expression would have shown that questionable meaning in a good way. Exactly. There's a lot of people using. There's a lot of people using that's doing questionable lives. You oh, know, yeah. like people like, oh man, you living something totally different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got something going on that's totally different than what I've seen. So exactly, exactly. And and if people would see my, you know, there's got to be a hook. I think yeah. that, you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, you know, living a questionable life in the way I say it, uh, you know, some people are going to read that or hear that and be like, wait, what, what's he talking about? You know, somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. caught in somewhere. You that. know what? That'd be, that might be a good headliner where I can get people to listen yeah, and look brother, at it. Brother, live brother, a questionable you know, life. Bro, I, I, <laughs> are you living a questionable life? <laughs> I preach that message, bro. People, you know, they, you know, they come in, <laughs> they come in thinking, man, this brother going to be talking all kinds of crazy stuff. No, right. No, right, uh, right. You know, the world will think you're crazy when you live a questionable life because you're uh-huh. living contradictory to what the world looks like. 
I'm writing that down. I like that. I'm going to use that though for sure. But you know what you said your fear was though? You mentioned your fear in that article was that people are actually becoming more of a spectator if they're online. Doing, you know, that's the fear, right? You said that's when we go into the point of the age, the social distance, distancing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, your fear is that, you know, hey, we're, we're now we see more attendance online, more people getting involved. But that's the scary thing. People may end up being more of a spectator rather than actually getting involved. Well, it doesn't release people to do ministry. You know, I think that, you know, my job as as a minister, my job as, you know, as a uh, as a pastor, I, I guess that's most most socially acceptable. Uh, in Ephesians, it talks about the apest, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and so um, or shepherds and teachers. But uh, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And again, the ministry isn't you know standing out in a parking lot telling where a car to go. Mm-hmm. So the, the the work of the ministry is equipping people to be able to make Jesus known to others. Everybody, it doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how educated or uneducated you are, doesn't matter how much money or lack of money you have, that is the work of the ministry. Mm -hmm. So when all you have is people spectating and watching somebody else, uh, you know, look, I'm not, I'm never going to preach like T.D. Jakes. I'm just not, but I don't need to preach like T.D. Jakes. I'm not, I'm not going to preach like Stephen Furtick. I don't need to preach like Stephen Furtick. And sometimes we set uh, you know, people up and we make these personality cults out of these individuals. And, you know, it gives people a false sense that I need to be like that. I need to be able to speak like that. No, be, be a good neighbor. Right. Be a good neighbor. State Farm is there. State Farm ain't giving me no money for that. So I'm, I'm going to have to bleep that out. So you know what I'm saying? But I'm just be saying, a good neighbor. Be a good yeah. neighbor. Be, be a decent human being. You know, uh, when you take your dog out, Pick up the poop. Mm-hmm, like your neighbors mm-hmm. are watching. They go, wait a minute. That brother said right. he's pushing, but he leaves his dog's uh, droppings everywhere. No, bro. Even in that, we got to make sure that we are living lives that make people go, there is something different about Troy and what mm-hmm. is. And it's like it. the of those things. Right. So that, that's, 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 that's a good thing to bring it, start bringing it to a close on that because, uh, that's what we all should be doing. We all should be as people in, as following Christ, right? Or the people that's actually doing the the mission, the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Like you said, people should be living a questionable life. I like that idea, living a questionable life to say, man, there's something different about Sammy, man, or something mm-hmm. different about Troy. What is it about, you know, that person? I remember, and I'm going to end it off with this story here. So when I was playing football at Tennessee State, and, uh, you know, I only walked on the football team, walked on and sat on the bench <laughs> because I wanted people to see. Well, first of all, I learned that people were better than me. Right. But then I also wanted people to actually see that you can be, you know, live for God. But then also and don't have to preach somebody out the room mm-hmm. and just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have to. You know, that's what we we're used to seeing. And then also be authentic about it. You know, live a life to people like, man, something different. I want some of that. Mm-hmm. I want some of what he has. Mm-hmm. So. And one day I was sitting down on the sideline waiting to go in or do whatever, get on the scout team or something. I don't know. And one of the coaches walked over to me and said, Troy, uh, I can follow you. Mm. Out the blue. What, what, what do you mean you can follow me? What, what are you talking about? He said, well, Troy, you know, I see how you respond to people. I see how, how you do things and how you carry yourself. That lets me know that I, you're somebody I can follow and, you know, uh, uh, follow as they follow Christ. Mm. And he left. Wow. Like he just walked on. That right there made it all worth it. You know, the whole grueling time being on there wanting to quit every day, the whole time of like saying, man, this is just not for me or me calling my pastor, calling Shino at the time, saying, mm-hmm. hey, man, 
I'm about to walk, you know, I'm about to quit. He's, you know, it, it all made it worth it. It's just like playing golf. Well, I don't know if you play golf or not, but, you know, you can hit the ball all over the course and knock out somebody's window and hit somebody, <laughs> hopefully mm-hmm. not hit nobody with the ball. But do all that stuff and then you hit one birdie or a par mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm coming back. Right. And that right there made me feel good to say, okay, I'm coming back to practice the next day because it's, I'm actually doing what I intended to do, what I was called to do, which is go out here and set an example. So you live a questionable life, man. I like it, man. Bro, well, I'll tell you what, that was probably the purpose for which God had you on that field on the bench. Mm-hmm. Right. To to be a witness of Jesus to a coach that said, wow, mm-hmm. I can follow you. And yeah. So, you know, a lot of times we we don't give people uh, the opportunity of being a witness because all we've made them is spectators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's all. It's true, man. I like it, man. That's Uncle Sammy right there, man. Sammy, how can we find find you or follow you on your social medias? Get on, get send some emails. What? How can we? Even well, though we're gonna put it on here, but tell us. Right, right, right. Well, for me, I'm I'm at Sammy Ortiz on Facebook, at Ortiz Sammy on Instagram. Somebody else they they took my name on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, you that popular, man. Whatever, bro. Yeah, Sammy's like uh, you know John. You know John. Yeah, like John. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, and then uh, at Yes Cohort. That's uh, Y E S C O H O R T to follow. Yes, and uh, Restoration Church is at We Are Restoration. So follow all those if you want. And uh, and then uh, as far as email is concerned, you can contact me on uh, on any of those handles. Because right now you can do direct messages and everything on Instagram and uh, private messages on Messenger. So uh, just feel free. All of that. All of that. And, and on, those, uh, on all of those, uh, you will see uh, links to our websites, whether it's Yes or Restoration Church. And uh, so you can follow me that way if you'd like to. Nice, nice. Well, oh, you know, I forgot one thing before we go. Did you got to tell me about the underground church thing? You had a, you said the underground. Tell yeah. me, I'm like, what is it? Harry Tubman them leading the church? What what are you talking about? Then? I, I am I am part of this this uh, movement. It's a micro church movement called the Underground Network, and um, it is uh, consistent of over uh, 100 micro churches in the Tampa Bay area. And uh, it's it's a movement to uh, you know take it uh, from from macro to micro. That's the thing that mm-hmm. I've come, I came up with last year. Mm-hmm. Micro is the new macro. That's not an underground thing. That's just that's just my thing. But I yeah. Did you get it? Yeah, you get that my, uh, trademark or something? You need to go ahead and do that. I need, I need to, bro, because other people are starting to use it after they see me. Yeah, use it. I'm like, look, brother, don't be biting. Like <laughs> back in the days when we used to break dance. But uh, yeah, the under Tampa Underground again is a decentralized decentralized in other words nobody's telling you how you need to uh you know do church the way that god has told you to do it in other words Mm -hmm. this is a cookie cut if you want to do matter of fact in the underground network there is a lady that does hula hoop for jesus she takes oh get out she she takes hula hoops she's gone all over the world and while uh-huh. people are hula hooping, she is telling them about Jesus. And over 10,000 people have come to Jesus around hula hoops. Wow. So, wow. I mean, that's the church. We're mm-hmm. a community and mission. But it's just done in a way. Nobody's telling you, you got to have fog machines, fake Shekinah glory, and skin mm-hmm. machines. You know what I'm saying? You can do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the Tampa Underground is right here in Tampa. Uh, I, uh, I am a part of them. I'm actually an elder at the Underground. And then I'm also a part of a, a traditional church style movement, mm-hmm. which is called mm-hmm. Converge. So I'm I'm still in both because you know that yeah. there's it's not one size fits all. I'm not against 
you know, uh, traditional style church. I'm not. I, right. I, okay. I, I, I just I don't I don't think it's all that biblical, but I'm not against. Yeah. It. But, yeah. 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 You know, but that's that's for another day. Well, that, that's dope. That's dope. Well, look, y'all make sure your uncle, uh, not uncle, follow Uncle Sammy at the handles he mentioned. We're gonna have it in the description and stuff too. But then also go connect with the Underground uh, Network. Yeah. Get connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, man, we appreciate y'all listening, man. Thank y'all for being a part of the Nani Lounge. And remember, the true outcome of having a mindset of successful thinking is having an unwavering expectation of successfully achieving a predetermined goal, knowing that the outcome was supposed to happen. Mahalo. Most motto. That's it.